Patients Podcast. I am your host and St. Louis native, Katie Culligan. In this podcast, we dive into the who, what, why, and huh of this quirky industry that no one has ever heard of. So what is a standardized patient, you may ask? Well, a standardized patient is a... Standardized patient, or the much friendlier SP, are people who engage medical students and other healthcare learners in simulated patient encounters as part of their education. People that fall into this kind of work come from all walks of life, but actors like me are the most common in my experience, mainly because of their comfort with communication skills and human behavior, and also because the job requires frequent memorization. Skills that students hone in these sessions include how to take a patient history, how to perform a physical exam, how to counsel patients, and also just to improve their communication, empathy, and bedside manner. A standardized patient is an integral part of a medical school staff that helps teach and evaluate students' interpersonal and communication skills by acting as their patient, realistically and fairly, and giving feedback and information about these skills to the faculty. Thank you both. So we have two guests today. You heard two different voices. So our first guest here that you heard was Matthew Matt Spiracino. Matt is an actor, theater artist, and writer and educator with over a decade of experience across the broad spectrum of disciplines. A DMV native and lifelong resident, he has performed on stage in dozens of productions, including world premieres, devised works, puppet shows, silent pieces, classics, and contemporary plays. Matt has also worked for many years as a teaching associate and a standardized patient at several of the area's top medical schools where he coaches students on communication, interpersonal skills, bedside manner, and physical diagnosis. Welcome, Matt. Hello, Katie. Thanks for being here, Matt. First timer here. Our next voice that you heard is Tom Wyatt. Tom is a second time guest here. Woohoo! So you may recognize this voice. He has worked professionally as an actor since age 16 and a director choreographer since college. His skill set transitioned happily into performing and training SPs, working with medical students on their interpersonal skills. For the past 25 years, his life has been a joyous combination of working in the theater and also being a fixture in the several local medical school SP programs. Welcome back, Tom. Happy to be here. Love this podcast. Oh, welcome, Matt. First time or welcome back, Tom. So for those of you who have heard Tom's voice before, we did an episode in season one with him. And we are actually revisiting a topic that we did not talk about with Tom very much in his previous episode. But after the fact, he said he really would be interested in talking about this. As it turns out, he's a real guru when it comes to feedback. So today we are focusing on a feedback workshopping experience, a little bit of role playing. And so we've taken in also the lovely Matthew Spiracino to be a role player and has lots of experience in the industry as well. So welcome to both of you. So glad to have you both here. Yes, it's really exciting to come on hearing the episodes from season one. It's it's really interesting to see this weird little world that we all live in get some spotlight. So thanks for doing this, Katie. Thank you. I want to give you both an opportunity if you're interested in talking just a little bit about what 
standardized patient feedback means to you? I gotta, I gotta let Tom jump in here because Tom is the guy. Tom is the guy for feedback. Well, thank you. That's very flattering. <laughs> um, uh, for for me, the the keys when I do, I do actually do teach some feedback workshops to as to newer SPs, especially at some of the schools. And uh, the the keys for me is um, like first, I use like the Hippocratic Oath. You know, first, do no harm. It is very, very easy for a standardized patient who's really not focused to really, really say something detrimental and unfair to a student without even realizing it, all based on the way it's something is phrased or, you know, how fair it is or isn't, depending on what the student did. Something that I always ask SPs to consider when they're thinking about what they want to say in terms of feedback is, how will this help the student improve? Or will this help the student improve? Because those are the only things that should be coming out of an SP's mouth, whether it is positive or, you know, quote unquote, critical. If it's not something they can change easily and will help them improve as physicians, we have no business talking about it. Uh, those things can be really problematic with a newer SP or someone who's not used to giving feedback in an educational setting that needs to be safe. Feedback is based on our personal opinion and our feelings, but it it's only helpful to the extent that it will help the students. Awesome. Thank you for explaining that. That makes so much sense to me. Pat, what are your thoughts on that? I shouldn't have deferred time. I should have gone first because now I have to follow you. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, <laughs> I think um, what you were hitting on at the end is really, really important. The fact that feedback that we're delivering to students, which we we do both face-to-face -face and also in a written form, but that it be something actionable, something that they can implement to do better next time. I, I know when I, when I was trained on feedback, some of the keys were to point out observable behaviors, something that the student did that is is changeable rather than just like, oh, I didn't like that, or I did like this, or that was good, that was bad, pointing out specific observable behaviors. And also, you know, Tom, you mentioned it being like your personal feelings as the SP and really taking ownership of that and using language that it literally is, I felt this way when you X, when you wrote this down, said this thing, looked at me this way, whatever it is. So really taking ownership of how you felt in the room and not just, you know, putting it on the student like you did that or you were this or X, Y, or Z. The other thing about feedback that I try to stress to my students and that I think is, is really important is it isn't purely just uh, good communication and, and good patient interactions isn't just about making your patient feel warm and fuzzy or having them like you or whatever else, that, that stuff is all important. You want to have a good relationship with your patient, but that also directly affects people's health and their health outcomes. It affects whether they follow their doctor's advice or take their medications or go back to the doctor at all. So I try to kind of make that point when I can, that this stuff really does have real tangible um, outcomes when it comes to the people they're taking care of. And that's a really, really important reason why we base our opinions and our conversation on our feelings and not yes. on judgments. Because, you know, particularly in 2022 in America, everybody loves to tell everybody else what was good and what was bad and when they were great and when they suck. And none of that is of any value to a student who is genuinely trying to learn. You know, and it's very hard 
for a lot of SPs to remove evaluative language because we use it so commonly. Yeah. But to say something's good or bad or great or terrible is simply not acceptable. We always have to train ourselves to exactly what Matt said, defer to, I felt. Mm. It's mm -hmm. much more powerful to say, I felt reassured than that was good. Or <laughs> I felt dismissed sounds very different than that was bad. Mm -hmm. um, or so, you were rude. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Pointing the fingers, right, rather right. than putting it on you. So with all that being said, first of all, those were lovely explanations of, of what feedback means to you and how important it can be. We're going to get real deep into it now uh, with our role playing. <laughs> so the way this is going to work is I'm going to be the standardized patient today. Matt is going to be our med student, future mm -hmm. medical professional. And Tom is going to be kind of our moderator here, kind of jumping in when something needs to be said. So what we're going to start with is doing a case. I wrote a sample case. This is um, brand new as of Katie's brain today. Matt and I will go through a very quick version of it. Then I will jump in and start giving Matt feedback from my standardized patient brain. And we can just kind of go see how, how that goes from there. Matt, mm -hmm. whenever you're ready, you can enter the room. So I'm going to give a knock, knock, knock on the door. Come in. Hi. Hello. My name is student Dr. Matt. I'm going to be taking care of you today and uh, taking your history. Does that sound okay? Uh-huh. Okay, great. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Molly. Molly. Okay. Um, and is it? Can I call you Molly? Is that okay, or do you prefer something else? Um, you can call me Molly. All right. Great. Well, Molly, what what brings you in today? What's going on? I have this pain in my side. Oh. Okay. Um, hmm. Pain in your side. Uh, can you tell me anything else about it? I've never felt anything like this before. Well, okay. But, well, I, I guess, um, can you tell me, like, when did it start? Where is it? What, is it, what does it feel like? Some of the, the details. Um, it started yesterday. Um, and then it's just like, it really hurts. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I, I guess... Like your side, uh, which side is it? Oh, it's on my right side. Your right side. Okay. Uh, does anything make it better or worse? Um, it's much worse when I take a deep breath in. Um, and I guess it's better when I'm like breathing shallowly. Okay. Um, interesting. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, I guess if you had to rate it on a scale of one to 10, like how bad is it? Um, I, um, what is the scale? What, what is one? It's one to, oh, uh, uh, sorry, one would be like, uh, so I guess a zero would be no pain. One would be just a little bit of pain and then all the way to 10, which is like the worst pain you've ever had in your whole life. Okay. So like when I take a really like a deep breath, it's like, I guess a seven out of 10. Oh, okay. Well, that, yeah. that's, that's pretty bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thanks. Is there, is there anything we can do to make you more comfortable? Like, is it, would it be better to lie down or? No, I, it's better not to move really. I just kind of want to figure it out because I'm kind of nervous. Okay. Got it. All right. Well, here, I'll try to move through the rest of this. Um, uh, a little more quickly. Is there anything else about the pain in your side you feel like I should know? 
Mm, no, not. I guess it's it's kind of sharp. Sharp. Okay. Okay. Got it. Anything else? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, it just feels like something's stabbing me. Oof. Gosh, I'm sorry. That that sounds really painful. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, just a, a, some other questions. Do you have any past medical history? Mm, past medical. Um, I guess I, I have asthma. Asthma. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you take anything for that? Um, I just have like a, a butyrol inhaler. Got it. Okay. Um, do you have uh, any like surgeries that you've ever had? No surgeries. Okay. Do you have allergies? Yeah. Um, this time of year too, it's just rough. So seasonal allergies seasonal. or oh. Yeah. I, I have I have seasonal allergies too. I just started mm-hmm. feeling them this weekend. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Um, okay. What about uh, medication allergies? Anything like that? Mm, not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. Okay. Um, how many sexual partners do you have? Mm, zero right now. Oh, okay. Um, do you drink alcohol? I do. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, do you drink, uh, like beer, wine, mixed drinks? Uh, depends on the day, but, um, yeah, whatever I'm in the mood for, I drink. Okay. And how many drinks a week would you say you have? Um, usually just like over the weekend, socially I'll have like maybe four drinks over the course of a weekend. Got it. Okay. Um, how about smoking? Do you smoke or use tobacco? No, no tobacco. Okay. Um, any marijuana? Nope. Oh, well, actually, yeah. Sometimes I have gummies Okay. Like with friends. Yeah. Occasionally. Uh, yeah. Like how often would you say? Ah, uh, maybe a couple times a year, three times a year at most, yeah. Okay. And then any other drugs, cocaine, anything no. else? <laughs> no. Okay. Just just asking. These are just questions we ask everyone. Mm, okay. Um, uh, okay, just a, a, a few more things. Um, uh, how are your parents' health? Are your parents still living? Uh, yeah, they're both still living. And uh, they're pretty healthy, I guess, overall. But like my mom, she has high blood pressure. And I think my dad has high cholesterol. Got it. Okay. Um, any siblings or children? No, I don't have siblings. And I also don't have children. I see. I, I see. Oh, and uh, just a, a couple other questions about um, just kind of your, your general lifestyle. What do you do for work? Oh, I just work as an administrative assistant. Got it. Okay. And then um, where do you live? Um, I live right outside of DC. Okay. Um, got it. Do you do you live with anyone? Do you live alone? Just by myself. Okay. Any pets? Mm, no. Oh, wow. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm thinking about getting a cat, but no. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like it would get would, it might be might be nice, right? Yeah, it might be thinking about it. Okay. Um, well here, let me, uh, let me just quickly sum up everything you told me and then I'll, I'll go report back to the doctor and see what we can do for you. So, um, um, I'm sorry. Can you remind me your name? I didn't write it down. Oh, it's, it's Molly Sweeney. 
Molly Sweeney. Great. So, so Molly Sweeney, um, you're here because you're having some, some pain in your side and it sounds like it's pretty bad. It, yeah. it hurts particularly bad when you take a deep breath, kind of like a sharp stabbing feeling. Mm-hmm. And you said it at its worst, it's a seven out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as far as, as you, your, your history, uh, so you have asthma, but it sounds like it's under control, some seasonal allergies, um, about four drinks a week, occasional marijuana gummies. Uh, mom has hypertension. Dad has high cholesterol. Uh, and uh, work as an administrative assistant and lives alone somewhere outside of DC. Yeah, is that all accurate? Anything yeah. you would uh, change? No, that, okay. that's all correct. Yeah. Great. All right. Um, in that case, I'm going to go uh, talk to my attending physician and. We'll get back to you with something to help you make, make you feel a little bit better. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Nice to meet you. You too. All right. So now we're going to move on to feedback. I am going to be the same SP, but now I'm breaking character and I am going to be the SP giving the student feedback for the first time. All right. Hey, uh, so my name is Katie, uh, for real. <laughs> uh, is, is it all right if I give you a little bit of feedback? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Katie. Cool. Um, okay, so when I really liked that you like summarized at the end before you left and made sure that I, you know, checked in to make sure all of your facts were correct. Um, there was this one point where you asked me a bunch of questions in a row and I got really confused and I just answered one of them. Um, so I wouldn't do that again if I were you. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was cool because like, I felt like we had a good rapport you're an, you're a nice person. Um, it was, it was good. I mean, you were friendly, which was good. Um, and I felt like you could give me room to talk about what I wanted to talk about. Um, but just be careful of writing down the right name you know, yeah. you got it. You have to know my name. I know. I was I know. like really surprised. I know that was <laughs> really embarrassing. Well, and you didn't know my name after you'd come in and you're like my doctor. So, um, yeah, I definitely like that wasn't ideal when you didn't know my name. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm, do you have I'm any sorry. questions for me? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. All right, Mr. Moderator, let's go ahead and jump in and talk about feedback here. Oh, my, 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 my. Um, I uh, I wrote down my own things that I might have said, and you actually, the good news is some of our content was similar, um, but I'm <laughs> going to kind of focus on the linguistics of how you conveyed uh, the things you wanted to talk about. Um, you mentioned that you liked his summary. Um which again is nice, but if we're focusing on helping them improve, I believe a better way to say that would be 
when you summarized at the end of the encounter and the summary was accurate, I felt confident. I felt reassured rather than light, inferring that it was something good rather mm. than something that actually would allow the patient to have a positive feeling. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, it does. At one point, I can't remember the item, but you said, I wouldn't do that again. I think perhaps we would want to just focus on, if it's something critical, simply state the behavior and then attach an adjective or feeling that alerts them to the fact that it, it didn't feel particularly good to you. Uh, for me, I think it was the stacked questions, uh, multiple stacked questions. I might suggest you say something more along the lines of, a few times you asked me multiple or stacked questions and I felt confused and unsure. Perhaps, this is a tool we use, but it's something critical we give them an, an alternate option. Perhaps if you just made sure to ask one question at a time, I would feel more comfortable and be able to answer more accurately. Mm. So again, we're defining the relationship. Part of what, what is important for students to know is not just whether or not you liked it or didn't like it, but how can they fix simply and cleanly what they were doing? Um, so this student now knows that a summary is something to be done again and again because it generates a positive result from the patient and multiple stat questions are problematic. So try to avoid doing those without me saying that in, yeah. you know, in terms of language, you're a nice person. That was interesting. <laughs> what, yeah. What, and uh, yeah, you were friendly, which was good. Help me. How, how might you, now that I've sort of offered some options, how might you rephrase those two? Or, or they could even be separate ideas. So I would probably say something now hearing what you've just said, such as when you created a friendly rapport throughout our visit, I felt comforted. Good. You use the very, very standard but helpful when you insert behavior or language. I felt insert adjective. Uh, it's it, it can feel very limiting to use that only. I can insert here also years ago, physicians would only ever allow us to give feedbacks using that format. We were never allowed to just speak freely. It was only when you, I felt something positive, when you, I felt something critical, when you, I felt something positive. It was very limiting, but it was safer for the students. There was less chance of us you know, being unfair or hypercritical of them. Mm -hmm. That was a beautiful rephrasing that you did. Um, and how about, you have to know my name. How might you <laughs> bring up that behavior in a way that might be a little more helpful? Let me think. So instead of saying you have to know my name, I'd probably say when you asked what my name was again, because you didn't write it down, I felt unsure. Perhaps if you had written it down from the beginning, I would have felt more reassured. That's beautifully said, just the way we like it. Um, <laughs> there were a couple other things that I think the student could have benefited from had they been brought up, but I'm going to let you go back with the student and not revisit what we've talked about, but see if there are some other behaviors or language choices that maybe he could benefit from hearing about. So we'll kind of rewind here. Hey, 
Hi, uh, I'm your standardized patient, Katie. Um, Hello. Are you ready to hear some feedback from my end? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Great. Um, so first of all, I just wanted to check, like, how did you feel about this encounter? Oh, um, God, the the name thing really, I don't know. I felt so stupid ending it that way. Like, I, overall, I felt like it was fine. Like, you were you were easy to talk to. I got most of the information I wanted to get. But yeah, I felt really embarrassed at the end there. I, just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm just kind of kicking myself over that. Yeah, I mean, that's, I totally get it. It happened. But just real quick to follow up on that, like, why do you think that happened? I just, I, I wasn't really paying close attention at the beginning. I was, I was nervous. I was kind of distracted and I, I just wasn't really taking notes and I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think I, I should have just written it down. <laughs> okay. Well, next time, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that's why we do these, right? That's why we have these, these feedback sessions so you can learn. Um, yeah. okay. Um, so a couple things from my end, um, there was this one point where you asked a scale of one to 10 and mm, you said, yeah. you know, on a scale of one to 10, how bad is your pain? And I was really confused about that. So when you, you know, asked about the scale without telling me what the scale was, and I'd never heard that before, I definitely felt Oh, like, oh, <laughs> like, what are you talking about, buddy? Um, but maybe if you would like said, this is what the scale is, um, you know, like, sorry if I'm repeating myself, but this is what the scale is, uh, then I would have like kind of known what to do and how to answer right. you to give you the information that you needed rather than being like, oh, I'm sorry, can you like... <laughs> Can you tell me what that is, yeah. please? No, yeah, <laughs> um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then something like on a good note, um, when you came in and you asked me an open-ended question, like what uh -huh. brought me, well, first you said, you know, what, how are you today or how are you doing, something like that, and then what brings you in today, and I was just able to express why I was here. Then you asked a follow-up, open-ended follow-up question, and I was able to express a little bit more, you know, I've never felt anything like this before. So when you did all that, I felt relatively heard, you know, I felt included in the conversation and that, you know, maybe I was going to be in, in good hands. So um, I definitely appreciated having that opportunity when you first came in to talk about my chief complaint and follow-up. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so what questions do you have for me as the student to the SP? Um, I feel, I felt really awkward asking about like, like drugs and alcohol and sexual partners and all that stuff. Was that okay? Like I always feel, I always, <laughs> Tom, Tom is shaking his head at me, <laughs> <laughs> which I know it wasn't, but yeah. How, how was that part? So when you asked how many sexual partners I had, like out of nowhere, Oh, um, I was like, what? Hello. <laughs> uh, no, I was, <laughs> I was kind of surprised and I wasn't sure why it mattered. So, okay. Perhaps if you had said something to the extent of, 
I'm going to transition into some more personal questions. Oh, because afterwards, then you said, yeah, I said this that. is all confidential. I know these are personal. This is like, didn't you say this is confidential? Uh, I don't know or if maybe I not. said it was confidential. Yeah, but I, I think I might have. I don't think I said it before I asked the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so you like caught yourself after, but like I during that time could have chosen not to answer you bef- because I could have been so like, ah. Um, taken yeah, aback that like I didn't out of the blue yeah. yeah like luckily my particular patient that I was portraying was like whatever <laughs> um, but that would be something in the future you know it would make me feel better if there had been a transitional statement Got it. okay okay uh, I hope that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah. yeah all right Mr. Moderator let's talk about that feedback Good. Not bad at all. Uh, One thing that hasn't come up yet, but I always hope that an SP brings it up when it does happen naturally is something this student was particularly good at was there was a pattern of empathetic statements, acknowledging your pain, acknowledging concern. When you did finally give him the pain scale, he went out of his way to acknowledge and validate that and then went beyond that to say, is there anything we can do to make you more comfortable? Anytime we notice the student being really connected to the emotional state of the patient and acknowledging, validating, or empathizing by it, it's always incredibly helpful to say it out loud. Make sure it's one of the positive pieces of feedback, because unfortunately, that's stuff that gets beaten out of them once they leave med school and go into the crazy world of hospitals where there's no time for you know, being comforting and nice. They just want to get patients in and out. And we have to really remind them how important that is for the patient and particularly because it was a pattern it wasn't like he just one time said oh i'm sorry to hear that and you know he actually in a very natural genuine tone multiple occasions did that so that's a behavior we would want to encourage and help him improve doing um did you i do agree with that as his? i do i do agree with that yeah for sure Um, i noticed that a lot you're right i should have brought that up Something because we didn't really do a, an actual teaching thing beforehand, but you did because you know how to do it. You began the second feedback with the best way to begin a feedback session, which is asking the student what they thought or what they felt first. It's a really, unless you're incredibly constricted with the time of your feedback, it's a really important way to just allow the student to kind of vomit out whatever they're worried about or thinking about. And it creates a, a little more fair, a little more balanced feedback where it's not just about you talking at them and them agreeing or not agreeing, disagreeing, but, um, or them agreeing or disagreeing, but in fact, giving them the opportunity to speak first and reveal whatever their concerns are. He was able to talk about the elephant in the room, forgetting your name and get that. So you didn't even have to necessarily bring it up. Yeah, those were literally, you got to all the things that I had written down that I would have said in terms of content. You absolutely did. Cool, cool. So why don't I take it back one more time, kind of rewind. I'll give what I would consider as as Katie, the actual uh, SP here, what I would consider to be a normal feedback session on my end. And Tom, you can still feel free to, to let me know if there's some things I can change. Hey there, Matt. All right, so my name is Katie. I'm going to be giving you some feedback today. Uh, do you feel ready to talk about some of the feedback? Yeah, sure. Wonderful. Okay. Um, So I know you already told me a little bit about how you felt about that encounter. So is there Mm -hmm. anything that you would have done differently if you were to do it again? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, well, I feel like at the beginning, I asked you a couple questions, like open-ended questions. And I, I know you said that you liked that, but I, I felt like I didn't get a lot of information from it. So then I, I feel like I, I kind of got caught up, like asking you a bunch of stuff at the same time, just because I was feeling kind of impatient, honestly. And, <laughs> and I just wanted to know more about what was going on. So um, I guess like just trying to, to stay patient and, mm. and ask one thing at a time so that people don't get overwhelmed. Totally. That makes complete sense. Thanks for sharing that. And so on the other end of things, is there something that you felt went really well during the encounter? Mm. This is such a, a real student moment. They can never think of things they did well. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt like I did feel like the the opening was good. Like it seemed like you were pretty easy to talk to and then summarizing at the end was, I think, helpful for me, even though there was the whole name thing, just, I don't know, being able to like kind of review stuff and, and mm -hmm. check. I know you said it was, it was helpful for you, but it was kind of nice for me to like, just summarize for myself. Yeah. So I, I yeah. want to keep doing that. Cool. Cool. Thank you for reflecting on that. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into a few things, and then we can get into questions afterwards. One thing that felt really great was when you addressed me but then asked how I would like to be addressed. When you did that, I felt included in the conversation and very much heard um, of however I would choose to move forward uh, being addressed in that way. One thing that I found challenging when you asked about my number of sexual partners uh -huh. without telling me this information would be private or confidential, or perhaps just transitioning to let me know that it was going to be a more of a private moment. I felt yeah. a little uncomfortable, a little taken aback, but perhaps if you had just put in that transitional statement beforehand, uh, informing me that we were going to move into this type of questioning, I would have felt much more comfortable and, and ready to answer your questions. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I kind of, I, I felt like as soon as I was saying that it felt weird. It, it, I don't know. I was nervous about asking those questions. So I think I just kind of blurted it out. Sure. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And again, that's what these sessions are for, for you to learn and try out new things <laughs> and learn from that. So um, one other thing I wanted to mention is there were many times throughout the encounter that you made these lovely empathetic validating statements about my pain and what I was going through. And when you did that, each time I felt very reassured and cared for. So that was very effective uh, in continuing our, our pre-established rapport from the beginning. I, I could go on to do a few more things, but for the sake of time, um, I just wanted to ask, you know, if you have, number one, have any questions for me as the standardized patient? Um... I guess, um, are there any other, mm, no, I can't think of anything. Okay. That's I can't all right. think of anything. That's all right. Um, so if there was one thing that you could take away today and put into practice for your next encounter, mm. what would that be? Definitely making sure to take notes, uh, particularly on the most important information. And other than that, I think trying to give 
patients maybe a little more space to like share stuff. Cause you know, you said when I, when I asked those open questions at the beginning that you felt, I don't know that you, you liked having like the space to do that, but to me, it felt like I wasn't really getting anywhere. So maybe just trying to have like a little more patience and um, just trust that like the patient is going to tell me what, what needs to be told, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for participating in feedback. Best of luck to you. All right, Mr. Moderator, let's talk about that feedback. You're you're a star pupil. What can I say? It was was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Your experience comes through very, very clearly in lovely ways. Some things we haven't talked about, but that you just showed us. One, you always want to make sure that a feedback is more positive than negative, that you stress things they did well more frequently and more, more helpfully than the things you were critical of. And all of your critical information was also phrased in a way that did not feel judgmental, but rather felt clear, specific, and then attaching a feeling to it rather than a judgment. It was really great. I often hear from SPs who are trying to learn how to do this better. They always like, I, I don't know what to say, the good stuff, it seems boring. Is it? No, it's not boring to say when you mm-hmm. asked clear and specific questions, I felt um, confident and safe. Yeah. Um, and if, or they'll say, well, I didn't really understand them, but I don't know why. Well, think about volume, pacing, diction, clarity of language. It's always one of those things or mm. more of those things. Break it down. You know, the things that are less obvious, sometimes it didn't happen with this student, but uh, often they'll use medical mm. jargon because they're used to using it with their peers and they will just use it as if the patient knows what they're talking about. And the patient often doesn't but feel stupid and won't ask Mm -hmm. so there's a complete end to communication there that the student doesn't even realize has happened wow Um, yeah so that that kind of stuff there was one interesting (laughs) i'm glad you didn't bring it up but there was one interesting bit of bias with this student (laughs) at the very end about the pets Uh um his reaction (laughs) his reaction to the i mean we often talk about bias both both explicit and implicit, but um, it was very interesting. His clearly uncomfortable reaction to the fact that you did not have pets was <laughs> surprising to me. I don't think, honestly, as an SP, I'd know how to phrase that. Boy, <laughs> I, boy I made note of it. I was like, that's so odd. <laughs> yeah, these are the things we don't need to tell. I'm, it's not going to help him improve as a doctor for me to question him about his love of pets. So... <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Matt, go ahead. Yeah, I I like Tom. One, yes, I agree. (laughs) I agree about that. I was I was just judging her for being living alone. That's which (laughs) I I don't currently live alone, but that is something I've gotten before uh, as a as an SP. But no, I I really love what you pointed out about positive feedback and and that nothing is really too small because especially with like first year students, which we work with as much as as at any point in their medical schooling, really simple things like with this, with the, you know, the, the case we just did introducing yourself and asking how a patient wants to be addressed. Like tons of people do that without even realizing it. And when you point it out and reinforce it, one, if they're already doing it, it helps it click in as like, yes, this is part of my routine. Or if they're not doing it even better, now they start. So yeah, there really is things that might seem super mundane, like making eye contact, like sitting up straight, 
body posture, all of that stuff can be very like actually valuable because often those are the things that we actually aren't even aware that we're doing yeah. that the students aren't aware that they're doing. Facial expressions that are yeah. either either supportive of what the patient's feeling or are, you know, can, a student who's nodding and smiling appropriately can feel very, you can feel understood and cared for if they're smiling for, when you say my father died horribly of cancer and they have a huge smile on their face, then suddenly the the right. facial expression feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's something that you can kind of chat about, see if they're aware of, you know, the, the habits they may have. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you both for sharing all of that. I think that's fantastic information. Also for everybody, just in how to communicate with other people generally, but it really, of course, comes into play for our standardized patient and, and med student feedback. What would you tell the people that have a student that, and you want to give them feedback, whether it's written or verbal, and the student has done just a just a fine job, just everything's fine, nothing stands out, you need to say some good things like um, base things, but what if there's just nothing that is constructive that you can think of to give that student, but you do want them to take something away in that constructive perspective. Um, for me, clear and specific behavior or language that you do want to highlight, but I would just probably take anything that I noticed at all and just state it more, either more positively or mention it as a something that was slightly uncomfortable for me, I felt slightly uncomfortable um, just to give them something to go on, even if it's not, you know, the, the other thing is no one feedback is going to make or break a student. We're not going to fix them for one feedback. That's why they have lots of SPs giving them lots of feedback over four years. One really critical feedback can destroy the student's confidence in SP feedback. That's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. But to the more clear we always hear from students, the more clear and specific we are with what they did or said and how we felt about it, let's them do the work. Let's mm -hmm. them figure out what needs to be done. Clarity so I, and specificity. Yeah, I just sort of bring sort of what Matt just was talking about. Don't think something's too small or unimportant. Um, it can't hurt to just be reminded you're doing all the basics really well, and these one or two quirky little things felt, um, you know, borderline uncomfortable. Sure. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Matt? Yeah, I I guess the only thing I, I would have to add, and and this is kind of tough because this is something that just comes with experience, I think, in, in doing the job. Because I know when I started doing SP work, it uh, so many of us come to it through acting and it's kind of pitched as, or was at least pitched to me as like, oh, you're like acting for med students and you're playing a role and we are, and that, that is definitely part of it. But this part of it that we're talking about feedback, that's, I think really like the, uh, I don't know if I'd say the hardest part or the most complicated part or, or how, or, but it's a very, very big part of what we do. And it's, it's just, it's when I was starting out, I had this question, like, how do you notice these things or keep it all in your head? And just with time, there are certain kind of like parts of an interview that I, I just kind of, it like triggers something in my brain, like, like a little bell goes off in my head. And hopefully 15 minutes later, I remember it. Did they ask me how I wanted to be addressed? Did they make transitional statements going from one thing to the next? Did they summarize? Did they, how did they close? So uh, I guess I don't have like one 
answer. Uh, my answer is kind of, I, uh, I just kind of trust my instincts and hope that I pick something up yeah. and at the end of the day, like, like we keep saying, just come back to observable specific behaviors, yeah. um, that as long as you're, you're going with that and your own observations, your own emotions, then you should be, you should be okay. Just keep wanting to reinforce behavior and language. Yes. Oftentimes yes. it's the way the student says something, not the fact that they said something. Mm -hmm. And if something is, uh, particularly, we certainly have, we know we have a very international community in all of the medical schools, which is beautiful. But by virtue of that, there are occasionally some linguistic trouble spots or some words or phrases that mean one thing to one culture and mean something different to another. Um, mm -hmm. So finding ways to, without overt bias or without being hypercritical, still alert the students to, to how they can be more clear or potentially less likely to offend a particular kind of patient. A question I get often from newer SPs, or actually from SPs who come back to me who want to retool taking one of the seminars, is what do I do when there's something critical and it was horrible, and I really want to tell the student about it, but I don't know how to do it without judging them or being too intense? And the way I have done it, and it has proved to be generally pretty useful, is to not is to go away from our standard when you I felt and rather say, there was a moment when I mentioned to you that I smoked two packs a day. And what I'm trying not to say is the student had a very judgmental reaction to that. So I say, when I mentioned that, can you tell me what you were thinking there? Do you remember what you said? Or can you, like I, I asked the student to talk about what they were thinking or what they felt mm -hmm. and let them talk about the moment without me having to say when you when I said I smoked two packs a day and you rolled your eyes and harumphed I felt judged and upset that's, yeah. that's a promo there's no that's a promo yeah. Tom that's a promo but, but there are often things like that that you're like okay they really need to know about this but I'm really not sure how to bring it up safely mm -hmm. and we we actually kind of demoed a moment like that during our encounter, the whole name thing, when Katie mentioned that in the first round of feedback, the, the quote unquote novice feedback, <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you pointed it out and we're like, woof, that was really bad. Like you got another name, like you multiple times, you're like, you got another name. And then when we came back for the second round of feedback, you started by asking a really important question. How did I feel as the student? How did the student feel? And you know, I, I mentioned earlier, the students often have a tendency to see what wrong, what they did negatively. So if there is a moment like that, it'll often be, and it, it was the case with me, it'll be the first thing that comes up like, oh my God, I can't believe that I did that. It was horrible. Like, I know I had that reaction or I said this thing. It won't always be the case, but, but yeah, you always want to kind of yeah. just put it on them first. Cause a lot of times they will do kind of do a lot of yeah. the work for us just in the sense of like bringing it into the conversation. And, and oftentimes they'll have insight into it that we don't because 
you know, it's happening in their brain and their own experience. So, And if yeah, they don't tool. have the insight or if they don't, their memory is, I, I don't remember talking about that. That's really helpful for you. They're like, wow, they're that unaware of that wildly awkward, unpleasant moment that they yeah. didn't even register to them. That helps you understand, A, whether or not you're going to talk about it, or B, if you do, how you need to talk about it in terms of being diplomatic and helpful. Yeah, absolutely. It's so true because it gives you a baseline. I love it when I have the opportunity to hear the students talk about how they felt either amongst themselves or with their mentors before I chime in with my feedback or just giving them the opportunity to talk about it because it really, yeah, it, it shows you, is there their awareness of how things went wrong or went right um, and then you kind of can go from there. It gives you a starting point of, okay, this is, we're going to have to, you know, put on maybe some kid gloves here, or maybe like they're so well aware. Let's, let's bring up the validation a little bit. Let's punch up that positive reinforcement because they're, they're being really hard on themselves for something that, you know, it was just, it was a small mistake, you know, it, it couldn't go either way. And if you have one of those rare students who has decided SPs are a waste of their time and they have no interest in anything you're going to say, just remind yourself, your job is not to convince them. Your job is just to talk about what they did and how you felt about it. And if you say two or three things and they clearly are not listening, you can ask if they have any questions and let them go. Yeah. You don't have to beat, you know, you can lead the horse, but yeah, can't make them drink. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, we can only do what we can do and we're not required to win them over, you know, yeah. we don't get their vote. We just need to try to say things that will help them be better once they'll never see us again. Right. And even just putting yourselves, even if, you know, you're getting feedback as a person or as a performer, we can all remember those times we've gotten someone saying not so nice things in a not so nice way. I mean, I think anyone can relate or in, in a different part of their life too. And the more we can get validation on things that we're doing right, we can focus on those. And then if we can get constructive criticism on things that, oh, we could work on this, or, or how can we say this a little bit better next time, um, that can really be beneficial to all walks of life. But particularly with med students, as they will be really dealing with the nitty gritty of patients when they're out of med school, and even in med school. Before we close up, I just wanted to throw it back out to you guys do you have any final closing thoughts on feedback? I'll jump in to say something that makes me very happy at at least two of the schools that I know have active programs. Often, when graduating students fill out surveys and they're asked, what did you find to be the most valuable part of your training? Working with SPs is invariably one of the top three, often number one. Wow. Because they feel like they got the most practical, helpful feedback <laughs> and that they can apply as physicians. That's incredible. It really validates us. <laughs> so for us to be able to hear that from the people that the powers that be when they send the word to us, that's wonderful validation and uh, positive reinforcement. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that, Tom. Any final thoughts from you, Matt? I guess just that um, uh, this is something actually that, that one of your guests from last season, Nick DePinto, brought up, which is he's he's an actor as well, as a lot of us are. And uh, he brought up the point that 
this kind of work is a kind of a, a practical way for us to apply those skills that has like a really, I don't want to say a tangible benefit, but it, it's different than asking folks to come see a play or a film or, or any piece of art. Cause that's kind of, you know, like bringing someone in for something that is, again, I don't want to say just entertainment, but it, it's a different kind of effect that we're having mm-hmm. that in helping to train people who are saving lives, who are taking care of the elderly and the sick, like knowing that. And, and like Tom said, getting feedback from the students, that validation that they find it helpful. I was in an encounter with a student last week. They said, literally, they were like, this is the first time I've actually felt like a med student is doing this. Like Aww. I've been in lectures, I've been in, in the books and it, I hate it. <laughs> and doing this, like actually, you know, they're wearing their white coats, they're talking to a patient and it's a, it's simulating what they're going to do. That's the whole point. So, so yeah, being able to, to apply those skills of communication and empathy and everything else in this format is, is really cool and really rewarding. Just something that I'm really happy to be a part of. And I think I'm sure you both feel that way too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys are wonderful. What wonderful guests we have. Thank you both again for doing this wacky new uh, way of role-playing today, kind of like what we do a little bit in our standardized patient world um, during the day. But thank you again to Tom Wyatt for coming back and moderating this. And I know you do these workshops. And Matt, you called him what the godfather of feedback? Yeah, the the godfather of feedback. Tom is is the king in the DMV of feedback. He's modest, but geez, Louise, I'm just <laughs> glad you can't see me blushing. <laughs> well, you deserve it. You deserve the praise because you're very good at what you do and we appreciate you. And Matt Spiricino, thank you so much for being a first-time guest here. We would love of to course. have you back at some point. And you Anytime. were a rock and med student as well, (laughs) (laughs) taking that feedback like a champ. Matt, I know we can find you on Instagram. Yes. So what is your handle for Instagram? At Matty.Chino, M-A-T-T-Y period C-I-N-O. And also on your website. Yeah, full name, www.matthewsparacino.com. I also have a a few podcasts that I'm working on as well, unrelated to this, but (laughs) you all have the the handle and the website. There will be stuff on there about that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Matt. Well, thank you both again. We we appreciate you so much and um, wishing you both the best in your continued standardized patient careers. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the Standardized Patients Podcast. Thanks to Randy Sharp for the use of our theme song, Mr. Garita. You can find their music at Artlist. Thank you to Catherine Bubalak for behind-the-scenes work, audio post-production, and our cover art. That is our show. See you next time as we encounter more standards of standardized patient work.